This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome everyone. I'm Michelle Barber and you are listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLBT&I community to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce new ways of thinking but most importantly to facilitate change toward greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. Big thank you to Chris and Cam for a great afternoon's music and a bit of gossip thrown in there as well to The Informer, who you hear every Monday to Thursday from 6.30 to 7, bringing us the news from uh, around the world and, and locally, and to the lovely Beck Hagen, who is our newsreader. Thank you very much. The song you just heard by the uh, lovely Sheena Easton that created a little bit of dancing and swaying and singing along in the studio was um, a bit of a hint about what tonight's show is. Uh, We're talking about workplace inclusion, which might seem like a broad topic, but I think uh, as part of joy and part of the GLBTI community, it perhaps has uh, a little bit of a different spin, perhaps. So tonight we have Beck. Hello. Hello. Beck is here in a... um, are you putting a bit of a professional hat on, perhaps, to oh. in a sense tonight? <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. Uh, it can be fun too. Okay. We have uh, Clayton in the studio as well. Uh, good evening. And we have the lovely returning Stephanie. Hello, in Michelle. The studio. We have another lovely returning guest, Cheryl. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Lovely to be back again. Thank you. About five weeks ago, you were with us, I think, ish. Five, six weeks ago. Yes. So uh, we've. Uh, dragged you kicking and streaming back into the studio because you have uh, quite an interesting uh, story and uh, something that we didn't discuss last time was about your your work and um, its inclusivity or not and Mm -hmm. throughout your working life Mm -hmm. and so on. And I thought that it's interesting for Beck who works for, um, is it a family law company? 
Yes. Yeah. And so uh, perhaps we might delve into what the laws are around inclusive um, workplaces or not and maybe things that have changed or things that haven't changed. So while I take a breath, I'm just wondering what everyone's perception might be of what an inclusive workplace is, whoever wants to dive in. I think it's a bit sad that we have to have the phrase inclusive workplace. Mm. I would have thought, you know, in this day and age, probably workplaces should just be workplaces where everyone's included and everyone's welcome. And it's one of those phrases I don't think we should have to have, but we do. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody a little bit earlier today about it. And there are places which aren't inclusive. There are places that are hyper-inclusive, trying to address the balance. The real space is in the middle, where it's not special. So, How do you define... What do you mean by hyper-inclusive? OK, so um, I've had conversations with people in years gone by um, who have been gender specialists dealing with big corporates, and big corporates have approached them to try and engage them in development of a program... To identify staff and make them feel welcome. The hyper inclusivity is that they actually make champions out of them, so they, mm. it's a reverse discrimination because they're favouring them so much. The, the best examples where where people just blend in and it's accepted, and away you go. Is um, in a way is that that you are try, as a work as, as bosses and workplaces. It's about preempting what may or may not happen and about creating a space in case somebody is, it wants to come out as trans or they're, they're gay or their child is gay. Is it about that mm-hmm. as well? I think it's trying to make them feel comfortable. Mm. But there are bigger corporates who, in trying to, to be clearly supportive of diversity, uh, almost go overboard. I, mm. I think that's what it is. And what is the difference between diversity and inclusivity? Embracing of diversity is the inclusivity yeah. that I'm talking okay. about. And, okay. and, and so when we say inclusive, inclusive of what? Inclusive of gender or race or religion? I mean, you know, are there any boundaries to inclusivity? I don't think so. Okay. Um, so we have, we have organisations that are, that are very strong on racial diversity or inclusion of disabled people or gender diversity, all those kind mm. of issues. I guess for this radio station and this program's purposes, we're talking about gender diversity more. Right. Um, but um, there are organisations that are trying to make themselves seen to be good corporate citizens by being very... Um, on the front foot about addressing these kind of issues? Uh, For me, a workplace that is inclusive is one where I can talk about my partner, uh, male partner, and have the same reaction to anyone talking about their their cisgendered heterosexual partner. And it's all the same. There's no difference in in opinion or reaction. It's just Mm. a nice, inclusive place. I... um worked for a place a, a number of years ago and I remember somebody saying, oh, look, I don't mind gay people, but why do they have to bring their private lives into work? Or why do they have to bring their 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 stuff into work? Or why do they have to talk about it at work? And it's that kind of lack of understanding or that shows me that they actually want to keep things separate. They don't actually want to create uh, a soft place to fall for anyone. They just feel that they're different. They need to stay away. I don't know. But it also, to me, shows a real um, lack of understanding and a naivety that somehow 
a gay person talking about their lifestyle is going to interrupt this other person's life or their work, but a straight person doing it doesn't, or, you know, it's... But they see it more as a lifestyle choice and therefore it's like your choice of football team. Why do you have to talk about that team? You're always winning. Mm. Or win- it's like, it's, like it's a choice, so they don't actually understand... Really, I think that's often, if people don't understand, maybe that's where the inclusive environment has to start is that, that understanding level. And maybe it's about educating people. You know, you got you can't just say, oh, this workplace is inclusive now. You've got yeah. to start with an education so people understand what that means and what behaviour that requires. We are talking about workplace inclusion. Uh, we'd love to hear if you've got an opinion or a story or a success story or even a failure story. 0427 JOY 949 or send us an email on air at You're on Stand Up Straight. Talk it out. 
Educate yourself. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. You are with Michelle Clayton, Stephanie and Beck and our uh, lovely returning guest, Cheryl. And we're talking about workplace inclusion and I'd love to hear um, from people out there if you... uh, if you want to share your stories um, and what, what might have worked or what we could do, what we could keep doing um, that might be working. And I'm wondering, Cheryl, if there's any workplaces that you've been in that have been like shining beacons of, 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 of the, the best environment you could work in or some that you might have wanted to run kicking and screaming from. Well, there's, there's two that spring to mind. Mm. One that was a good example, um, Brenda Appleton. Um, on the, the State Government Task Force for the LGBTI community and Chair of Transgender Victoria, worked for a major corporate in Melbourne that I engaged with. And one day, Brenda turned up to a meeting, a, a, a contract meeting, and the introduction was, this is Brenda. That was an organisation that had absorbed a transgender person into their senior management and just made it work. Mm. No fuss, no fanfare. On the other extreme, I worked for an organisation in a pretty rough and tough industry that had a diversity program that had one of its key directors, a fantastic lawyer who was very, very gay, but the CEO would talk publicly about pillow biters and shirtlifters. Oh. And that is not living the message. Did anyone... Well, perhaps difficult to hold him to account because of the position he held in the company, but did anybody ever try? Um, Privately owned company different set of rules apply oh that's that's a controversial statement so uh, do you think that they don't have to follow by the same rules because it's their own company is that the why, law is just there. in your opinion the, the, the law provides the same protections but ultimately the owner can buy themselves out of anything that they wish to and mm. they set the tone and culture of the organization uh, i also engage with local government and um, they have a very consistent approach, very consistent approach, because they're not responsible to personalised shareholders. If you're talking about mm. boards, it's full of all of these alpha males mm. um, who are, in general, intolerant. And um, y- you go into a different set of circumstances and, and that doesn't permeate the culture. Regardless of age, do you think they're intolerant? Or is it changing? Um, like, would you have the, the younger... Younger, much more tolerant. Mm. Older... Um, more intolerant, but boards are, are typically populated by people 40 or older and um, with a history in pretty senior management roles and they didn't get to be there by not being pretty rough and tough along the way. It's interesting. You're, you're perhaps, Cheryl, in a really interesting and unique position where, and I preface what I'm going to say is, I, I, you know, if I use the wrong terminology or I say the wrong thing, it's not meant to be hurtful but um in your younger years or or right up until fairly recently you've Mm -hmm. been you were working in a lot of organizations and you weren't Cheryl Mm -hmm. so you've worked in these male dominated areas as one of the blokes sometimes Mm -hmm. I would think yeah and knowing what um the other part of you was and then now I, I understand that sometimes you will go to a workplace and you, you're Cheryl. How does that... How you, You're being put on in both sides of the fence, I, I would think. So how do you deal with... You've got personal experience and then you've also got a business perspective and you have a job to keep and... 
be qu- I'm not, not quite how, sure how to word the it, question. It's a balance of reward and risk. Well, so if you're in an organisation which is fairly intolerant of different kind of behaviour or different kind of personalities, um, you may trade off your agenda for the rewards that you get. You know, if, you, if you're trying to earn a living, so you, you play by the rules for that organisation in order to make the living. Um, and that, that may go against your values, but, but it's a trade-off that you make, that you have to make. And Cheryl, having listened, unfortunately I wasn't here when you came into the studio five, six weeks ago, but having listened to the podcast, it seems that you are very good at those trade-offs. I remember you saying a similar thing around family and when your children were small and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you would make sacrifices, I think was the Is word that we used. order, I think? Because mm-hmm. yeah. they're, 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 they were more important to you, so I guess it's about prioritising. Um, but that must be very hard as well when you say that you have to to um, question your, your own values to, to, to make those sacrifices. Yeah, I think it's a choice that everybody has to make for themselves. Though. So there are some who are very driven who cannot make those kind of value judgments and it, and it will have all sorts of impacts on their private life. We see families that fall apart because somebody's driven like this. Mm. Others would say... My family is extremely important to me, so I will make some sacrifices in order to for the greater good. So it's how you perceive the greater good is as the reward versus pursuing what may be your own personal agenda. And that's been the same in your professional mm-hmm. life as well. Yeah, I ended up CEO of a company and you know, directing. I was directing five thousand people. You don't get to be in that position without making value judgments along the way. Had had you ever considered or even entertained the thought that if you're in that level of management and power, for want of a better word, that that would be the time that you could disclose to people or certain people your inner circle or did you, or was there too much to lose? Too much to lose. Is that right? You answered mm-hmm. that really quickly, so you mm-hmm. must have known the answer as I was mm-hmm. asking the question. Yep. Too much to lose just you professionally or does yes. it go further than that well professionally first off but because of the timing of it and at that stage my kids were growing up they were teenage years um, it, it was a personal choice not to put the family under stress at that point mm. but it, I also needed I needed to earn an income mm. and I had to have income consistency so it was this is the first thing I have to do um, so my personal agenda goes on hold or it's managed elsewhere what kind of conflict does that create then? Uh, pressure cooker. It's um, a pressure cooker. Hmm. I remember. So, so here's here's a case in point. One time, I was at a business conference in Queensland, and I'm, I'm in a hotel with seventy five people. I just needed to be Cheryl. Hmm. I didn't go to the conference for three days. I kept going out of the hotel all the time as Cheryl. And I'm thinking, I'm in a hotel with 75 people who know me. Mm. How risky is this? At that time, the pressure was just so great that that's what I needed to do. And you take big risks in that circumstance. And and that's a build-up of pressure and and trying to preserve yourself. Otherwise, you get to the point where you fall apart. Is uh, we ever uh, considering confiding in anyone at those moments so that to help you know, sort of to relieve that pressure or just to have somebody to vent to or whatever? No, I, I got away from the hotel. So I, it was around the Gold Coast. So I, I just went off-site and, and was Cheryl for the day, off-site, mm. and then I'd come back 
late at night. And was there um, ever a point where I thought, where, where you thought, well, I, I've got to leave this job, I can't stay here anymore, I need to start another job, potentially in another field or another state, or did you ever feel like you could just stay, if you could start again with your family somewhere else so that you could yeah, be uh, you? Um, not for those reasons. Interestingly, for other reasons. I, mm. In one job I was travelling lots. I, had, I was working across ten countries. And um, my wife came to me and said, you're never home and you're always grumpy. <laughs> Do you want to have a family or not? And the choice mm. was I had to leave that job in order to have a family. Mm. We are chatting about workplace inclusion. Uh, keep sending your messages in. We've had a few come in already. Uh, we will come back and chat a little bit further. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. Hi, this is Adelaide, and you're listening to my mum, Stephanie, and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Say you remember me. We are talking about workplace inclusion here on Stand Up Straight tonight. Uh, we've had a, a message come in from Stephen. Uh, I agree that workplaces should just be that, a workplace who someone's gender, sexuality, race or religion w- wouldn't impact on the person doing the job. So why should it have to be labelled inclusive? One of the best truck d- drivers I ever hired wore dresses, but boy, could he drive a truck. That's from Stephen. Thank the, you. The one thing I want to add to that, though, is the workplace is really annoying me, or people annoy me when they say, why do you have to talk about your sexuality at work? And why do you have to talk about this? Like, But it's actually because we're just doing exactly what heterosexual cisgendered people are doing. Correct. But it just sounds different because it's coming from us as being non or being queer people so. but that's what uh, that's what i was in meaning before mm. people say about bringing it we're not not bringing if, if if i say what did you do on the weekend clayton you say i went to see the movie went to see a movie with my boyfriend it's the same as you saying to me and i'm saying i went and saw a movie with my husband exactly There's why, is, no why is mine acceptable and your 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 weekend is not yeah so people saying i don't i haven't come out because i I don't, I don't feel the need to talk about that at work. It's not talking about your sexuality at work. You're it's not. talking about your life your at life. work. And which I, everybody does at their workplace. Mm, I, I, look, I, I agree, and I think we're all... I'm just going to step down off my soapbox now. No, no, no. Uh, no you are welcome to start. I dare say we're probably all on similar soapboxes as well. People um, might have an issue with it, Clayton, because you probably went to see a terrible science fiction movie. <laughs> that might be the problem. I think we've started something... I saw eight myth films, and only two of them were terrible. Oh. <laughs> Film um, reviews later on Stand Up Straight. Um, what I, I actually did uh, in the last couple of days at work, and I asked um, a couple of people that I worked with a couple of questions, and I think and I'd like to kind of discuss this a little bit more. And one of the we're hiring at the moment at work, and I said to these two people, I said, "How would you feel, or what do you think, if we had a, a trans person that was a rep?" immediate first response from one of them was, I don't know, I don't care, no big deal. And I said, well, what would you say to them? She said, I don't know, just whatever you say to anyone at work. And I found that, you know, her her response immediately was, was that, which I was really glad to hear. Then we talked a little bit more and I... Um, so, so one was female and one was male and the... The male said, um, I said, would you rather that person tells you that they're, that they're trans or somebody comes out and says, look, I'm gay initially or how would you like it to be handled? And he said, if it was a trans person, I would rather them stand up and say who they are and what they are 
And that way there's no bitching and gossip behind that person's back that's going to make them feel uncomfortable or that they're going to walk in the room and knowing everyone's talking behind their back. And that really interested me because he wanted to have that as an opportunity to talk and be educated and be in a comfortable position to ask questions rather than wishing he could know more but not be comfortable to ask the questions. I find that interesting because obviously um, the person that said it had the right intentions, I guess, about the education. But it comes back to this thought that I always have that no one, I never feel compelled to say to people, I am straight Mm. and I am a woman and I'm Mm. attracted to men. And I don't have to go and make that announcement to people. And I'm often confused by this thought that people, we then expect people who aren't those things to announce themselves to us and explain it. And, Beck, where do you stand legally on something like that? Like if someone... You're outside of my legal boundaries. <laughs> Sorry to throw that one at you. I was, I'm just interested, you know, because I agree with, with everything that you're saying and I think it's really highly inappropriate that people should have to make any declarations about who they are. And I think but that... I know his intentions were good. He, and, and that's, that's the, the ho- thing, you know, you don't want to... He... He didn't. He he certainly. He's a very broad-minded person, and he's interested in people yes. and people's stories. And he does sometimes listen to this show. Hi. Um, <laughs> so, so instead of uh, saying that I need that person to come up and say who they are straight away, why not challenge the gossip? Because I think what and what we then discussed more was the fact that it was about how do we create this accepting environment so the way that they felt to accept to make this environment create this environment was to initiate the conversation so that it stopped the bad discussions or the gossip I've got an interesting one Um, Australian story during the week and Georgie's story Mm, yeah terrific story so my number one child is transgender we had a discussion about the relative merits of letting people know versus not letting people know. So now Georgie at the age of 16 or Mm, 17 or whichever she is has declared to everybody that she's trans. So there is no question anymore. Mm. There is no hiding. Um, So that can be very emancipating. But then it it opens you to that filtering from people all the time because they will meet Georgie and think this is a lovely young lady Mm. but they will also go, yeah, but she's trans. So there's a balance to be had there that I think each individual needs to make. And and it comes down to the person who's in that position as to whether they want to declare or whether they don't want to declare. And why mm. do we need the but? Mm. Mm. George is the a but. lovely girl and she is trans, but not but she is trans. I mean, that... that troubles me that but mm. it's mm. it's the but because it's all the people that will react and and i'd love to to think that it wasn't there yeah. because if, if you saw the story she was wonderful she's a lovely young lady but there are people who will go but she's trans i think the vast majority will that's interesting uh, look, to get back to what they were saying at work, I, I think what people try to do even if it's subliminally in creating an inclusive atmosphere or workplace, I think because they want people to talk, they want to learn, but I don't think that they realise that sometimes by talking or asking the questions it's in, they're being intrusive. So I think sometimes we have to look at where the 
uh, desire for the conversation is coming from? Is it from a bad place or a good place, N- nosy or gossipy or genuinely wanting to learn or just to get to know you? What if, what if there was no knowledge, though? If well, people who come across Georgie did not know, mm. so there is no backstory. There is no gossip. It is just Georgie. I, I, I actually raised that. I said, what if it was, um, you know, a... a we have a factory at work, and I said, "Well, what if it was a, a trans guy? There was no way you would that, that you would know." Um, and said, "Oh, you know, he'd just fit in and whatever." And I said, "But what about if you th- knew that it was uh, this was a trans man?" And he said, "Well, I and, and again, I please, I preface this. I'm not trying to be offensive, but this is what was discussed." He said, "Well, I don't know whether I'd get him to do some of the heavy lifting because I wouldn't know. I wouldn't want to embarrass him." because he's not like all the other guys. And it was a really confronting discussion at work because he wasn't... and They weren't trying to be hurtful or mean, but that's what he's, he felt. And do you, not, do, you not, do you find that that is a hurtful or an offensive sort of comment? I was just going to pick up on what you were saying before, Michelle, and it kind of leads into that, which is... Um, by saying, oh, we should have the conversation, all these things, I wonder whether we're imposing on people who are gay or trans or, um, you know, a- any of these things to educate us. I, they just, I think maybe they just want to come to work and be a nurse or be a factory worker or mm. be a teacher and mm. I don't know whether it's, it's fair for us to impose on them to educate us. That's a very good question. Mm. You probably, I, Cheryl, I, can... I really like that. Position. Yep. I think I, I wish more people had that position, because in in declaring anything, we then ask people to justify their position all the time. And pressure isn't there pressure and weight on the shoulders? Then mm. I guess it's the teacher in me. I would rather people came to me personally and ask those questions rather than go into the outside world and ask those questions of people who are maybe not as willing to answer them as I am. So mm. I'm okay with all those questions, but I absolutely understand your point, Beck. And what about finding information? I mean, we were talking before the show about Google. We don't need to know anything because we've got Google. Mm. I mean, is that is it relevant to, for people to do their own research if they're, if they're interested? As long as they filter and get not just going for the one piece of thing, first thing they read, thing, which it? is what you have to do with Google. I, I would like to think that as a maturing community, we actually have to have less of the back conversation and less of the gossip. I think think that's the hallmark of a more mature position. Mm. So really, is it, it? It should just be a matter of going to a job, learning the job, and just fitting in. And it's just we're all different. Like we've got different religions and different. We all different different types of houses and have different hobbies. It should just be that way. But there is human curiosity, and there is a desire to sometimes um, befriend people or make somebody's life better or or prove that you're an ally. I, I've I've been in. And I think we perhaps all have been. I've been sitting on a train before or walking down a street, and and I've I've seen two guys holding hands, or I've seen a trans person, and I I want to say, hey, I'm okay with you, or or, <laughs> or I'm an ally to you, and I, I that's not meant to sound flippant, but I maybe that's part of it sometimes in a workplace that we want to make people feel 
that you're on their side, whether they want you on their side or, or care whether you're an ally or not. Maybe that's where it comes from. We have the same... Well, I do anyway. I mean, most of the gay people I know do. You see other people, gay people, are trying, I'm gay too, can I be your friend? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, I'm also wondering whether you choose to disclose depending on the type of work that you do or whether or the type of industry that you're in would that have a a bearing on who you disclose to and how and why oh for sure absolutely um i think if 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 you look at, at different sort of categories of organizations um you know i spoke about local government and and government organizations and instrumentalities that have a pretty defined set of behaviors mm. and and whilst there is a, a, a political hierarchy, it's not somebody sitting there saying, I own this company, mm. you'll do what I say or else. It is, you want to try that on? Um, I'll see you in court. Thank mm. you very much. Mm. Um, so there, there are differences between those kind of sectors. Um, bigger companies versus smaller companies. Smaller companies are, I think, more personalised by the nature of the people that are in them, characterised. Your age... Um, whether you're customer-facing or not, if, if you're running a business and and you've got somebody who is is a bit different mm. and um, engaging with customers, you've got to try and make a value judgment as to whether or not that's going to sit well with your customers or not. If you've got a, a trans salesperson, are they going to get more sales or less? You've mm. got to try and figure that out, and that will impact on your decision. And it is a business, you know. That's the, the bottom that's, line. You yeah, know, it has it to be a business, business decision, it, mm. and. That's where it comes back to, you know, inclusion. And if you're going to be part of the business, then what's best for the business? And mm. yeah. So, so we make value judgments on yeah. on recruiting people on all sorts of different things. Legally, this is a difficult situation to be in, but it's just one of the things that you may make a value judgment on. It's an interesting conversation, isn't it? You can uh, participate if you would like. Send us a message on 0427JOY949 or send us an email on air at joy.org.au. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. I'm so fancy. My name is Bella, and you're listening to Stand Up Straight with Michelle on Joy 94.9. We're talking about workplace inclusion here, Stand Up Straight desk, Stand Up Straight office. Which is a pretty inclusive workplace. I think we just need to look around this room. <laughs> Speaking of workplaces, Beck, yes. would you say you're in probably one of the best, most inclusive places for all reasons? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's funny, people often don't think of lawyers as inclusive workplaces, but I was thinking before about what Cheryl was saying about sometimes the work that you do. I think because I work in family law and so many of our clients are part of the LGBTI community. It's one of the areas we specialise in that um, by nature we're inclusive Mm. because they're the people that we're helping every day and I think that then transcends to the staff and the other people that we deal with. And to be honest, it's not even something I think about. It's just part of... The just way it is. runs and it just is what it is. Mm. Is um, Have you had people that you've worked with that, that uh, had different opinions and, and, uh, or they're not, they're not comfortable or, you know? Look, it's, it's a hard kind of area to work in if you're not comfortable. I mean, look, some, yeah. people, are, some people are able to, I guess... Uh, 
separate their own beliefs from their professional life. But I just think I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do a job for my clients if yeah. I felt like that. Mm. And Stephanie, you've got um, perhaps a different, uh, a more unique sort of workplace. So how how do you? How can you, or do you have an inclusive? Well, I, you know, I work for myself, but I work with lots and lots of different people. But I have to say that um, that death is the great equaliser. So for those that are not sure... I am a funeral celebrant and um, I work with families all over Melbourne and, um, you know, a whole range of um, demographics and a whole range of race and religions and all sorts of... But, but I do lead non-religious funeral services, but... It's interesting when I meet with families and we talk about people and I've done services for um, gay people, lesbian people, transgender people, and when somebody dies, it, for some reason, and it's a great experience for me, all the labels drop off. Nobody <laughs> ever says, oh, you know, my uncle was gay. He was just interesting. the uncle and he was loved and, he, you know, the stories come mm. out and eventually I sort of piece everything together and go, oh, yeah, he was gay. But nobody... This is a fascinating conversation. Earlier this week I had a conversation with my first child who said, if you died, would you want to be buried as a man or a woman? Oh. Ah. Are you going to share that? Then you don't have to if it's private? No, you I don't just have said, to? your choice. Oh, oh. yes. But Can we also, call you chicken for not making the decision? Maybe. But, um, <laughs> it also comes back to... Um, binary choices, and we've spoken about this before. Mm, yeah, we have. So, uh, a lot of our a lot of our community and workplaces can deal with binary choices. Start to take away the binary choices and start to take away the labels of yeah. defining something differently. Then I think you've got a whole other challenge. Well, see, the thing is, Cheryl, too, that a shroud is not a male or a female garment. So well, there you go. You don't yeah. have to be anyone. You can well, just Well, the be... conversation was, and it's funny you should say that, because my wife was buried in a shroud. She was cremated, but yeah. it was a shroud. Okay. And I said, shroud, um, however you want. It's just me. Yeah, exactly. However right. you choose. So if we just pop you in the middle of a ceremony and just have one half male and another half female, and then there's people who know you for what party you are, they can just go either side. They could. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I would ask Michelle. Michelle's mm-hmm. got a history of knowing me as two different versions. How do you deal with it? Oh, uh, wow. That's Is that the question of the evening? I like when well, Michelle I've gets asked questions. I've been saving that one up yes. just for you. <laughs> Um, it's re- and, and this is this is perhaps a little off topic, but but relevant. And I do say I'm not the only one in this situation. Not just in, in mm-hmm. your life, Cheryl, but out there in the Melbourne. I, I've known as, as people may have known, had known Damien for nearly ten years, and um, uh, came out. Cheryl came out to us only in March of this year. So I've um, struggled a little with knowing Damien, but not quite knowing Cheryl. Damien was a dear friend. Cheryl's a stranger. And now Cheryl is somebody that I'm getting to know, but yet I already know lots of stuff about her. And it's a very... Um, I, I've wondered why I feel different. And the only thing that uh, that I've come to understand is that I always felt that you were extremely kind a very very intuitive person person so now what I find I have another layer I have another layer of 
respect for somebody that I always had a high level of respect for. But now there's this, um, I almost feel, well, I almost feel like this humbled sense around Mm. you because you've trusted us with something that's very, very private and very, very important in your life. And I'm not quite sure how I am to be with you because I feel a bit... um, I feel unsure, not because I don't care for you, but because I don't know Cheryl enough yet, but I know Damien very well, and I have a, a different love for Cheryl, and I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I, it's, I, I'm, sometimes I'm not sure how to talk with you, not because I don't want to, but sometimes I'm not sure, I'm just not sure, and I feel a bit embarrassed that that's the case. Sorry. So that's, that's perfectly fine, and it's frank, but it actually points to the confusion. So here is, mm. here is someone of your understanding of this community and history and knowledge of someone, and you battle with it. Mm. Imagine the battles that happen with those who don't have any of that understanding or compassion to start off with. Mm. It is very, very difficult. So that's why I think anybody who is who is declaring themselves to be whatever they are, whatever the label they want to put on or not put on it, opens themselves to a lot of risk. It really does. And and that's why I think it's perfectly fine for people not to want to say anything about themselves. And you use that word risk on and off quite frequently mm-hmm. and you have on air and you know as we've we've spoken and I find that a really disturbing word that the fact that you have to use risk as a description of your decisions in life I find that's a really sad word that that you have to use mm. but I think that that's so much part of your reality as a trans woman, and also of your reality too, Clayton. We touched. We certainly talked about this when we did our um, Orlando show, and the risks that are part of your community that we have no mm. understanding of and yeah. no appreciation of. Mm. As that white, that's straight privilege. Isn't that's it? straight privilege, and you know, there's enormous fear out there, and and, mm-hmm. and risk and fear mm-hmm. obviously go hand in glove. Um, mm. Because you you don't know what you're going to come up against so again a little bit off topic so this is why i i i have and i think we probably all have this wonder and admiration for for trans people because we cannot comprehend but yet we want to and the what stops somebody from buckling or going under I find that that is the most phenomenal strength of character and that I think that that's why the words admire and, and you inspire and and we're proud and motivated by. I think those words are used so often, like we, we had that young girl, Georgie, that was... In, mm-hmm. And the, all the positive feedback, not the haters, the positive was about how much of an inspiration she was. And I think that's why mm-hmm. we, we um, are inspired because we as straight white girls mm. we have it easy mm. you know isn't that a terrible reflection on our society oh, i though? know mm. that that an individual who is driven to do something has to understand that the environment could be so critical and so damaging to their personal welfare mm. and they have to take that into account just to be who they are and and i i wonder if um you know to get a little bit back to 
the, the workplace inclusion, mm-hmm. if you're... Uh, if you want to come out gay or trans or bisexual or whatever and you're sitting and you're working in an office in Paran, is that going to be quite different to working in an office in, you know, Dandenong or, or, or Cranbourne or, or mm. you know, country Victoria? Is that going to determine whether you disclose or disclose right. anything? Is the religious environment, I mean, if you were working in a church or a, a religious school or something, does that mean you will or won't disclose you know there's a lot of different factors currently religious schools can discriminate against people for their sexuality i know so yeah that would definitely make a difference uh government schools can't and i feel very comfortable in my workplace so but what about other you know if if you had um you know tradies or you know working in a you know a predominantly male environment or or, or or work sites and things like that would that make it harder i think so um i used to be responsible for a lot of warehouses and i remember coming across a trans person in one of my warehouses mm. one day and it was just resilience of character being upfront about it and resilience of character so i think that that is what is required of anybody who's going to be up front and out there and assert their position, mm. whatever their position be, it is the resilience of character. And it's it's not bravery, it's just that's who they need don't, to why be. Why don't you think that's brave? I do. It's, it's a balance of I can either live within an acceptable paradigm or an easier paradigm or I can choose to be what I want to be. But but it can just be a no-brainer. I is have it survival to. too? It's is survival. it survival? Yeah, and yeah. Am, am I going to fall apart as an individual? Yeah. It is a choice, which is, which is the one which is going to allow me mm-hmm. to live. Um, we've got a really interesting message in um, that would... I'd like to read it. it. says, Dear Stand Up Straight, enjoying the discussion. Hysteric, historically, the model workplace was white, cisgendered, heterosexual men, except during World War II, where women filled the need to replace men who went to war. And after the war, women were displaced and women, having worked, questioned their gender role. The white Australia policy was revoked and queer rights regarding sexuality and gender evolved. Inclusivity is the method to reduce discrimination and achieve harmonious diversity. Some people need assistance to be inclusive of others. Why in the workplace? It's just—it's not just the decent thing to do. It also increases effectiveness of a team. Cheers, Jay. I love Thank that. You. That's mm. the It's the method to reduce discrimination and achieve harmonious diversity. I like that. Amazing. Learn a lot here on Stand Up Straight. You are listening to the team of Stand Up Straight on Joy ninety four point nine. You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy ninety four point nine. She's my mum. Thank you for joining us, joining us on Stand Up Straight. Yes, you are with Michelle and Stephanie and Beck and Clayton and our special guest, Cheryl. Unfortunately, I wasn't here five weeks ago when Cheryl was last in the studio, but I did listen to the podcast and there was a word that came up during that interview that I wondered about. And it was a word, it was a fairly powerful word that you used to describe your situation and it was compulsion. And Cheryl, I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if you'd clarify that for me because it's not a word that I've heard used before, well, in, in that particular context. Okay. No, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, for me, it is, it is understanding what sits at your core. <laughs> and if, you, if the society asks you to live in a way which is foreign to your core, um, that sets up all sorts of internal tensions. The compulsion that comes out of it is... This is who I feel I am. 
this is me, this is my core, how can I possibly live my life without expressing what is true to me? And so that, that's where the compulsion comes from, despite all the other factors that may be pressing in on you. The need to express your core and, and this pressure cooker that presses in on you just says, no, I have to. I just have to. But you are a very, from just from listening to you previously and, and now, a very controlled and measured person and mm-hmm. you've been able to manage that compulsion to mm-hmm. get through life to a point where you felt that you could then become Cheryl more didn't say it was easy. No. no. <laughs> but, um, no, look, th- th- there were choices that I made, and sometimes they were to my detriment. And yeah. and I had psychological counselling in my 30s for I dealing with it. I wondered about that. For, yeah. for tension and difficulty. I still don't sleep very well. You and know, are there, there support groups? Life. Are there, you know, are there... Or, or did you do one-on-one counselling? Did you ever do any group counselling? Um, there are, but I we just want to be like everybody else. One of my comments I've written down is, do you just want to fit in? I think we know the answer. You Mm. do. Cheryl, absolute joy and pleasure to have you again in the studio. I think we might get you back. I think so, yeah. You're part of the team. Part of the team now. We claim you as our own now. It's growing. Thank you so much for being so honest and frank. You can find more Joycast and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.